You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but for many, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about our show or to contact us directly, visit our website at betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. And welcome to you, listener, to episode 156. Momentous episode. Uh, for the first time in like five weeks, all of us are together again recording a full three-man <laughs> episode. Yeah. Um, it's good to be back. It is. Um, we definitely did not have an hour and a half of technical difficulties before we hit record today. Yeah. Um, so don't worry well, about that. You didn't miss anything. Just a little bit of context. The microphone that I've used since the beginning of this podcast uh, bit the dust today. It's over. It has given up the ghost. It's gone. <laughs> Fairly well. But so hey, at least up, at least upgrade and get one of those fancy ones like Dr. Van Horn. There it is. That's to make my voice yeah. passable for recording. <laughs> um, if you think I sound bad with compression, you should hear me without it. Um, hey, but welcome back, Matt. Yeah, good to be back. Good. Missed you guys. Good to have you back. By the way, I owe you an apology. And so way. if I yes, you do. <laughs> uh, this is this is not pre-planned. I have no idea what he's um, saying. I I tout myself as a loyal person, but I throw Matt <laughs> under the bus as my friend every chance I can get for the pacing of the podcast. Like anytime, oh, okay. anytime, anytime someone says we take too long. I say blame Matt Powell. Like that's that's the most concise thing I have in my repertoire. Blame Matt Powell. Sure. Um, I mean, but uh, so you, need you know, so maybe that's right. so. Last uh, time you were not with us, and I was like, "Oh, Matt's not here. We're gonna knock out an entire chapter, or at least twenty four verses <laughs> in his absence." Yeah. Oh, okay. And we got all of we got all of half of that. Yeah, yeah. we we boasted. We talked big about how we were gonna do one. Oh yeah, Matt's whole chapter, here. and then we discovered do all why. kinds of things. So Matt, yeah. Matt, you <laughs> are not the problem friend yeah gotcha so, yeah i was in a faraway place i was in louisville kentucky doing doctoral seminar and uh we won't talk about it now but it actually gave me some serious fodder uh actually what i'm going to do my uh doctoral thesis on it has something to do with what's coming up here in a couple chapters so wow big oh yeah exciting well, look at the, podca- we'll talk about look at the podcast paying dividends yeah, the question right, is man. whether fact, the press. The question is whether we will reach that chapter or the completion of your degree first. <laughs> that is hilarious. So I, I felt good about it when I brought it up in class. Uh, my professor, uh, Dr. Andrew Walker from Southern Baptist Seminary, uh, he actually stopped class and he said, "Matt, that is, I've never heard or read anything on that. That's an original thing," and. I said, ooh, write that down, write that down. <laughs> and so that that launched the creative juices and it is connected uh uh not directly but indirectly to the the Jacob story. So we'll get to that in a few weeks. But this week we are in the field with the Mandrakes, with the women, just not their husband, and uh one of the kids is involved. So and it has everything to do with uh aphrodisiacs so this is going to be a interesting episode or at least fertility meds yeah well okay we'll we'll 
Okay. How uh, we'll talk more yeah, about what, that. In whatever just a it second. is, those mandrakes are doing. Yeah, that's right. We'll, we'll we'll talk more about that in just a second. So well, and before we get started, two things. One, whatever it is you're doing, listener, be sure that you're subscribed to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. A quick reminder that hitting the like button on whatever whatever that action looks like on your platform of choice helps spread the podcast farther and also alerts you to a notification every Tuesday morning when we release a new episode. And that helps you out. That helps us out. And number two, I think before we get too far, let's go ahead and let's read the text mm. for context. Word. Word. All right. As always, coming from the ESV, this is going to be Genesis chapter 30, verses 14 through 16. The word of our God says, In the days of wheat harvest, Reuben went and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother. Then Rachel said to Leah, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, Is it a small matter that you would have taken away my husband? Would you take away my son's mandrakes also? Rachel said, Then he may lie with you tonight in exchange for your son's mandrakes. When Jacob came from the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, You must come in to me, for I have hired you. Wow, how about that? With my son's mandrakes. So he lay with her that night, and God listened to Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Leah said, God has given me my wages because I gave my servant to my husband. So she called his name Issachar. And Leah conceived again, and she bore Jacob a sixth son. Then Leah said, God has endowed me with a good endowment. Now my husband will honor me because I have borne him six sons. So she called his name Zebulun. After she bore a daughter and called her name, afterwards she bore a daughter and called her name Dinah. The Lord God, or excuse me, then God remembered Rachel and God listened to her and opened her womb. She conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph saying, may the Lord add to me another son. Wow. Thank you, this Matt. Is days of our lives right here in the Bible. Man, it's getting nasty out there. Yeah. Like, hey, this, like, this is some you let me. Dealings. Yeah. So Gandalf, I, I'm surely there's an immediate question that you have regarding this. Yes. Uh, what, what the mandrakes do. <laughs> what is a mandrake all about? Well, there's actually a little debate so, there, right? Yep. Uh, we is. actually and, unintentionally alluded to it. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so, so there is. Um, well, go for it, Nathan, and I'll I'll contribute. Uh, so the the main question is um, whether the mandrakes are, and some of this is lexical. Whether that you know the dudaim, um, whether that is uh, love fruits, and so they are to be understood as like an aphrodisiac. Um, mm -hmm. uh, meanwhile. Uh, the way Rachel is eager to get a hold of these in a context where we're trying to have the favorite child for Jacob and, and, you know, and be the prized wife, 
um, suggest that others thought that they were um, a means of increasing female fertility. So, um, so some think that the mandrake is meant to uh, put the husband in the mood. Others think that it's uh, meant to make the wife more fertile in conceiving. So, interestingly enough, this, uh, by the way, comes from Kenneth Matthews, um, his New American Commentary is that the Arabs called this the devil's apples and the Greeks named it love apple because of its legendary reputation as an aphrodisiac. It was further believed that the mandrake could enhance a woman's fertility. So, so, so both and not exactly either or. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> so I think, you know, I have some questions because I know where this story is going. Uh, just like, first of all, Ruben, what you picking mandrakes out in the field for? And then second of all, did this become a thing, Ruben? Is this why maybe we have issues later in life? Because you're a little heavy on the uh, the mandrakes. Um, but that's for a, another story for a later time. Uh, but clearly here, I think to Nathan's point, this is referencing not the aphrodisiac quality, but the fertility quality. Yeah. So like the, Rachel the, wants a baby. Yeah. That's the build of the chapter. Uh, initially Leah tries to have multiple children by Jacob, hoping to become a favored wife through bearing him a child because Rachel is infertile. Right. And so then Rachel mm -hmm. says, well, I can't get pregnant directly. I'll let him sleep with my maidservant. We've seen that card played before in the Genesis narrative. And so then, you know, Jacob has a couple of sons with Rachel's maidservant. Well, then Leah, not to be outdone, gives her maidservant over to Jacob, and he has a couple of sons with her. And now Reuben's out in the field gathering mandrakes um, and, and, and brought them to his mother and brought them to <laughs> Leah. Um, and so uh, Rachel wanting a leg up, man, you, I am never playing. I told him to go look for those. I things. am never playing Parcheesi with this family. You talk about a competitive group. Like they are, they are <laughs> perpetually waiting to play that Uno reverse card, as Gandalf, uh, Gandalf says. Um, um, but yeah, so and that, ha and that happens here because it doesn't. It doesn't happen the way she hopes it happens. Well, apparently Leah eat them, eats them, and then also Rachel eats them. But Leah gets pregnant. Uh, Rachel. Uh, well, Rachel at the very end of the passage. Um, yeah, I get. Oh, yeah, but not necessarily not from the plant. Yeah, gotcha. Right. Um, yeah, it it reminds me of that scene, Nathan. I'm I'm sure you know this. It reminds me of that scene in uh, Better Call Saul. Whatever happens next, it's not going to go down the way you think. Mm. <laughs> the um, but I mean, uh, you 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 do see this, you know, to put it in the context of what we've been building on and developing. Uh, with this, I mean, this, this family puts the Brady Bunch to shame. I mean, it's just, they, they just keep, you know, hap um, and by the way, like what, what <laughs> these will go on to be the tribal heads of the 12 tribes of Israel. Like this is, this is a big deal. Right. And this is like, this is a big deal. This is where they're getting their patriarchal tribal heads for God's people. And it, there are 12 gates in revelation named after these guys. And it's based on petty sibling rivalry. And to a degree, right? At the same time. So like don't And who gets to sleep with the husband tonight? Let's 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 not be too quick to say what God can't redeem. Um mm. so yes. but but again, you see it in in what Leah tries to capture when uh she names her son, right? God has endowed me with a good endowment. Um 
So I'm going to name my son Zebulun honor or before him Issachar, who means wages or higher because, you know, um, because of the whole uh, Mandrake exchange. Um, it's really neat, though. Uh, two things uh, stand out to me in this passage. One, we've been overwhelmingly interested in the male children, right? And we get a we get a little tucked aside note in verse twenty one. Afterwards, she bore a daughter and called her name Dinah. Now, Gandalf, I'm not going to ask you to go too much into detail this, but even though you have, we have no immediate context of. Well, I'll just ask it this way: Why would we give a note to Dinah here? Uh, probably because it's going to be important later on. That that's. You did a much better job answering that question than I did asking it. Um, One of the things we've learned from Hebrew narrative as we move through the Old Testament, we see this as early as Genesis 2 when it's giving us place names that haven't come into into the story yet, right? Chekhov's gun. Yeah, as as so often you're going to see something in the text, and, and you may think in the moment, in the context of the immediate passage, why in the world is that there? Well, if you can't answer it now, I can pretty sure guarantee you you're going to be able to answer it later and Dinah is going to come into the story in a big way and so we're going ahead and inserting her into the story she's not the only uh, sister presumably born into this tribe lots of daughters even though we're focusing on sons but we introduce her by name because she's going to have a role to play in in things to come Um, but the other thing I want to talk about is really verses 22 through 24 uh, Matt, and I know you'll have some things to say here. Uh, God remember. Oh, hey. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Before we talk about that, because can I can I ask you a couple things about earlier in the passage? You can. Um, because I don't want us to to leave the early part of the story just yet. One of the things that kind of comes through when you're reading it is what the house must have been like. Because if you look back up. In verse number 14, then Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, is it a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Would you take away my son's mandrakes also? And Rachel said, he may lie with you tonight in exchange for your son's mandrakes. One of the things that that tells me here is like, uh, Rachel is sleeping in the big house and Leah has been sleeping in servants quarters. And that even though Leah has been bearing the children, Rachel is Rachel is sitting in the prized position. She has always been the, the favored wife. Yeah, she is the she is she is the Sarah. <laughs> she is the Sarah, and in some ways, fe- Leah would have felt like she's the Hagar here, in the sense mm. of of uh, who. Who's the real wife, and then who's the well? That just kind of happened, so we we ran with it. Um, and so that that's interesting, and it jumps out to me. And that also, for instance, this woman is placed to your point of sibling rivalry earlier. This is her sister. Right, Rachel has not been able to conceive, and she doesn't steal um, the mandrakes. She just says, "Hey." Uh, may I have some, like, it's not, please give me the mandrakes, but may I have some of them? And Leah's like, no, you can't like that. You've taken enough from me. That's like, this is a uh, man. 
Yeah, there's. I mean, it's uh, it's, it's much more visceral. This than is our bitter. Yeah, this is this is bitter um, here. Well, and even even when Leah does consent under a stipulation, you know, um, you got to wonder if Leah's um, kind of playing the odds. Like, uh, sure, I'll take I'll take Jacob for the night and and let you have some mandrakes that Reuben gathered. It's not like you're going to get pregnant anyway. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, there's some, there's some, then, there's some family tension. That's an understatement. And by the way, that's not, we don't have to resolve that any, in this episode, cause that's not going away anytime soon in the Genesis right. narrative. Um, yeah. Oh, so going back to where you were taking us and Gandalf, unless you have something you want to add. Um, I do have something I want to add. I, I wonder, do we see a, do we see an echo of earlier in the story where there is a woman I just I don't know if it's intentional or not, but I, I do see a woman trying to gain status, gain higher position through the use of fruit, like through the acquisition and eating of fruit. It just reminds me of a uh, oh. narrative. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that's not totally off. It, it is interesting. We even uh, Matt and I discussed whether or not we put it in the episode. I guess it's going to get a, a tease in the episode. It's interesting. Um, Mandrake is a fruit, but it's a it's not a fruit of the tree. It's a fruit of the ground yeah so th- it's interesting putting that you're asking me like i know where mandrakes mandrake well come I, from. Yeah, I, I don't had, know where man <laughs> i had to look it up too um um i, I didn't realize that's going to end up doing the whole kingdom phylum class order family uh genus species thing with man, uh, mandragora uh, so um oh god yeah so could you imagine if could you imagine if they sold mandrakes at Walmart? How could you get them into your buggy without making it obvious? Um, that's yeah. I'll let scandalous topics guy handle that one. Uh, yeah, that's easy. Walmart pickup. <laughs> he had an answer ready to go. <laughs> I, <did that. laughs> I have three children. Oh, Matt gosh. has six. So yeah, uh, oh, there it is. Um, but yeah. Hey, another thing that I noticed is that, so when, remember when Jacob initially meets Rachel at the well, it's, it's daytime. He sees her, he kisses her, he embraces her. Like <laughs> he shows affection to her during the daytime. Uh, uh, it requires darkness for Leah. Like baby, if we're going to be together, it's, it's gotta be dark. Oh, that's harsh. It's very harsh. And that could you imagine how Leah feels so unloved? Like this is this is this what that is a that is a awful, awful, awful thought. But that's this is this is why she feels unloved. He's first of all, she had to buy time with her husband, and it had to be at nighttime. Mm. That's Man. Well, and and just yeah, and, the, and again thinking about the thinking about how they ended up together to begin with, uh, after it was at night. Yeah. So man, that's harsh. Bringing up old wounds and all kinds of stuff. It it is interesting though to me, like going back to the twenty two to twenty four thing. It's 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 almost like you at all times you have this uh, not necessarily a tension, but an interplay between the machinations of man and the providence of God. Um, because it's interesting, the language that it uses in 22 for Rachel's pregnancy, um, this is language that we'll see over and over again. God remembered he's a cared, uh, Rachel, that's Mm -hmm. a very covenantal term. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, this is what it'll say in Exodus when God uh, hears the cries of his people in Egypt, right? That he, he remembered right. his uh, promises, his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, um, that God listened to her. The, God listening to a woman is often uh, makes me think of Hannah in First Samuel mm. chapter 1. This is not atypical uh, with infertility stories in the Old Testament. Um, so even, mm. I, I say all that to say this, even while... Uh, you have lots of sibling rivalry, and this is not just any sibling rivalry. This is the daughters of Laban sibling rivalry. Like that, this right. is a house of pranksters, right? Um, right. Everyone is Loki in this family. There is no Thor. Mm. Everyone is Loki. Um, uh, but even even while they're running around doing their stuff, gathering mandrake out in the fields. God remembered. God listened. God opened. We talked as early, uh, you know. Gandalf making a Genesis leak. We we talked as early as the opening chapters of Genesis about Pakak, uh, excuse me, Patak in uh, Hebrew about God opening. This is open their eyes. This is you know, um, this is an important verb in the Old Testament. And anytime you have that concentration of important verbs, this is not a here's what the people are doing and God's not involved in the story uh, type thing. So. Um, she conceives and bears a son and there's, there's ambiguity. This is a famous old Testament character, but there's ambiguity tucked into his name. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so she bears her first son. She'll eventually have another, uh, but his name is Joseph. And what's so interesting about Joseph, she says, God has taken away my reproach and says, may the Lord add to me another son. The name Joseph is somewhat ambiguous it could mean, uh, may he add, but it also sounds like the Hebrew for taken away. So Joseph's name contains both addiction and subtraction. Um, Man, that, what a foreshadow. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Unpack that, Gandalf. Well, you're, you're, you're picking where I was going to go in our closing uh, discussion. Well, I mean, it's, I, well, it's ironic that both will happen. I mean, Joseph will be taken away and then... In a manner, he will be returned. So, I mean, it's, uh, added it's, to. it's both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be reflected also later when we get to it in the names of Joseph's sons, too, after him, uh, where one is going to be looking back on hard things, which would be, uh, and remembering, which would be Manasseh, and then the other one is regarding fruitfulness of the new and present blessings, the adding to that would be Ephraim. Ephraim. And so, yeah. And, and I, and I want to highlight, uh, because we say it all the time, you're reading Genesis while you're living the Exodus, right? And this, this saga with Joseph, uh, within the saga of Jacob is the last big chapter of the Genesis story. Like the, the curtain is, uh, you know, dawning on that act. Um, what sets the context for Egypt? in the opening chapters of Egypt. Like, the the Israelites are enslaved by the Egyptians, but why do the yeah. Egyptians feel that need? Well, they're fruitful and multiplied, but the Pharaoh doesn't remember Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so two things, a lack of remembrance, which directly ties to the story, yeah. and two, sure. they're so numerous. Why are they so numerous? Because instead of having a... Hendrix. Gen- instead of having a generation of two descendants you had a generation of 12 <laughs> uh That's right. you see what i'm saying like 
even mm-hmm. even the sibling rivalry here will come into play once we get into Egypt. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this multiplies a nation. Uh, th- this birth rate is off the chart uh, for. I, I I never thought about that. I never made that connection. So yeah, that's what that's why they're so numerous. Is it, it goes all the way back to this. So one of the things that I, I love about the story of Leah and Rachel is it is as Nathan and Gandalf you pointed out in previous weeks and a little bit today is it's a sister sibling rivalry as opposed to the brother sibling rivalry and frequently as we teach about Jacob and Esau we we talked about that when we were there we would emphasize hey to be a Jacob is better or this is what an Esau is and this is better or typically playing on the stereotypes really hard. And uh, sometimes when you hear this passage taught in just a very applicational way, it's some Rachel's almost portrayed as a mean girl and just pretty altogether mean, uh, judgmental. And then Leah is unloved, rejected, problems with her self-image. And so there is a, a sympathy that the reader has for Leah. Like reading this, you find yourself sympathizing with Leah because she is unloved. And the thing that I love about this story is that God's heart is not just for Leah, it's for Rachel, is that where we can get pigeonholed into showing sympathy to certain people, God's heart it is sympathetic and compassionate towards everyone. Mm. And I, I think about well, a New Testament verse, one of my favorites is in, in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him because he cares about you. And I th- can think about just from my own life as we've experienced some really hard tragedies in the past is that sometimes when I talk with people who've gone through, in their eyes, lesser tragedies, they almost feel embarrassed that they're even bothered by the lesser tragedy that they're experiencing. Like, I shouldn't let this even bother me because you've been through so much worse. And it's stories like this that I'm reminded is that God cares about each of us, yeah. regardless of personality, giftedness. And ev- there, there is and, nothing and ev- small. Ev- everybody's tragedy is their frame of reference. That's you know, in so other good. in other words, for Leah, the greatest tragedy in the world is that despite having all these kids, Jacob does not love her. For Rachel, yeah, despite having nighttime, dis, babe. Dis, for Rachel, despite having Jacob's love, she can't have a kid. Um, and those are deep hurts, especially deep hurts. as you yeah, reminded us, Nathan, a few weeks ago. You've got to put this in the context of the ancient Semitic worldview for a woman. What it means to be accepted by your husband and then also what it means to have a son for him. These are deep hurts. Yeah. But out of them, deep redemptions. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, boy, that that ended like real pleasantly with Joseph's name. Mm Mm-hmm. So. (laughs) I'm sure nothing bad will happen to him in the future. And if you would like to add to the following of the podcast rather than being taken away... Go ahead. Segway it out. <laughs> All right. I'm still holding out that I'm still holding out that Reuben was harboring mandrakes in his tent 
And that's what's going to lead to issues for Ruben later. There it is. Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be. <laughs> Nathan, I like that you're back to threatening the audience. Again. There it is. I love. I like. I'm not outro guy. <laughs> you you do, do you remember the days where you were the outro guy? You were you were intro and outro guy. Uh, once upon a time, way yeah, back. I used when, to do a but... lot more for the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I am I the, am the Lord I am the, the Leah of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. <laughs> I was about to say the Lord has taken away my reproach, and now I'm in charge. So. Listen, if you want a notification every Tuesday morning, then hit the subscribe button, the heart sign, the check mark, whatever that looks like on your podcast platform of choice, and you'll get a notification every Tuesday morning. And not only that, but you will help our podcast to multiply as you will tell the algorithm that this is worthwhile content. So do that if you believe that. And we'll be back, um, God willing, next week, another Amen. 30 minutes with, of with working technology. With That's working right. technology and and host. thank y'all for being patient in the the ice. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, until then, I say have a good one. See you next time. Shalom. That'll work. That will work. <laughs>